Greetings, true believers. Believers. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and nerds of all ages, you are listening to Views from the Back of the Class. I am one half of your co-hosting team. My name is Jodeci Brewer, but you can call me JB, and I am here with my man. What's up, nerds? It's Josh. Josh is on 10 this evening as well. Oh, for sure. I've had so much coffee today. (laughs) (laughs) You have the pleasure of being around me. And it is my pleasure, sir. For your listening ears... We have a special guest in the house with us tonight, a uh, dear friend of the show, going to talk some stuff with us this evening. Cal's going to speak to the people this evening. Cal, you got something you want to say to the folk? I mean, people, I guess I can't say folks. No, don't give them nah. that dignity. Call them nerds. Mm, yeah, I don't think we should say folks on this side, side <laughs> of town, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, man, I, I just want to get into this nerd talk, man. I just want to get into this. Well, we're happy to have you, man. Absolutely. You may have heard of this little small indie film uh, franchise. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not huge, so if you've never heard of it, don't don't sweat it. Um, yeah. Star Wars, have you have you heard of it? Man, I I, I think I've heard of that. Um, I think I've maybe maybe heard of Don Corleone and The Godfather. <laughs> uh, I think we may have heard of Jaws. Uh, what what else? Is, what what about Predator? What about all t- Terminator is also Titanic. Titanic is also on that type of level of just what are epic, all these, epic. What are all these niche films that you're talking about? I, I don't know. I, I had a conversation with somebody else uh, earlier today about redundant storytelling, and I just had to tell him if you, you either get Star Wars or you don't get it. That's it's really that's it's pretty much not, it. that's pretty it's much not, it. It's really not complicated. Uh, from uh from from the conversations with people how come the starships don't change well have you ever heard of lord of the rings narnia well those well you know let's take those things and apply them to space sci-fi fantasy (laughs) and um yeah uh it's it's a traditional thing man uh you, you it's it goes from your your parents uh now for like my family is grandparents Right. That that are that Star Wars is is really um 
I, I want to get into it maybe a little bit later, but it, it's the reason why the Last Jedi didn't work because it's it's. <laughs> it, <laughs> I hate to jump into that, but you're cool. well, we're not there. The we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> but if you don't understand that that it's a generational thing, then you you like I said, you just don't get. You're you're kind of missing it. Yeah, you're kind yeah. you're kind of missing its importance. And why, you know, people really enjoy it. It's truly a way, a vessel to get away from your troubles and, and what's going on in your life and just feel like a kid again. Um, and that's why so many people love it. I mean, I think yeah. that's, that's why it can be so divisive, too. We, we've, you know, made some comments and somewhat made fun of some of the, the Star Wars fandom and, and, you know, the outrageousness that has happened recently. But, you know, what Kyle is talking about is exactly why... It has been that way. People have a passion for it. This is a, you know, decades long investment. And mm-hmm. the fact that it's generational, the way that he said it, that's that's so true. This is something that brings, you know, families together. And this is an, an, without any exaggeration in that people right. will sit around, you know, grandfathers and granddaughters and, and sons, aunts, uncles and the whole family are all kind of vibing to the same thing. And it's very rare to have this spread out over so many different demographics and age groups and everybody kind of rocking with the same thing like this is is huge facts facts, facts. Mm-hmm. yeah it's in in to when you really think about like the impact star wars has made star wars isn't the first sci-fi fantasy space adventure you know it was stuff out before that it was stuff at the turn of the the 20th century you know like uh john was it john john carpenter john whatever john mars yeah, John Carter of Mars, thank you. You know, Flash Gordon and all these other things. and Savior uh, of the universe? Nowadays, you... I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't... You can't... I mean, there's people who are kind of fans of that, but not like Star Wars, you know, where people are still watching the movies, they're still invested, and there's this whole massive universe. I mean, it's a reason why these films were worked and were successful. Um, and that just goes to show of, like, the the impact that you know george lucas creativity had on us and is shaping us i mean yeah it's, it's, it all started a galaxy far far away and it's still going on absolutely which really brings us to what the purpose of this episode and the next few are going to be about obviously i was being a little bit facetious when i was talking to cal about star wars being this little niche film leading up to episode nine which is really going to close out this whole saga right it's it's the end of the skywalker story which i'm which i'm very very uh so very much so just unsettled about and uh, yeah i'm just unsettled about it uh (laughs) it's in i'm for i'm i'm really am like when they when i when i heard that when i when they did the promo for it I was just I was so unsettled about it because um b- because of just the mishandling of certain things and it's really I'm I, I hate to hate to jump sure. I, I'm so sorry um if I'm jumping but it's just some things that, and that's why I'm excited to actually talk about the prequels because looking back I think w- there's so there's more good than there's bad I would that's my if I'm t- if, if I'm giving my hand out uh you know in, in this discussion I think it's it's just, especially in comparison to the prequel and the sequel, it's just like, whew, like, who who's in the writing room? 
Uh, (laughs) Well, there's definitely room, you know, for for all types of opinion, because you you and I know that a lot of people don't share that view of uh, the prequels in particular. Like some people truly, truly hate them. And I have a theory behind why people feel the way they do about certain parts of the Mm -hmm. saga. But that's why we that's why we're breaking it down the way that we are. And we appreciate you, uh, Cal, coming on for this episode um, and just for the listeners, for the classmates. So you guys kind of understand what we're doing here. We're going to be doing Star Wars extravaganza, like every episode leading up to um, episode nine, every episode of hours <laughs> leading up to episode nine of, of uh, Star Wars is going to be Star Wars themed. So this first one. We're going to talk about the prequels because chronologically that's where they started. Next episode will be four, five and six. Then we'll discuss the newer movies leading up to episode nine. And then right after that, we're going to give you one final concluding uh, thought of how we feel about episode nine and really how it all closes out. So please stay tuned. We got a lot of surprises for you. Cal is going to be our special guest for this episode. We got people popping in and out. A bunch of substitute teachers is going to be a blast. Make sure you stick with it and tell a friend to tell a friend. That being said, Cal, floor is yours. If you want, (laughs) if you wanted to give us just an overview of how you feel about the prequels, you don't have to get too specific about any particular scenes from either of the three, but just overall, how did you feel about Um, the prequels? So I'm, I'm, my perspective is a little bit, is a lot different than you guys. Uh, I'm well, not maybe not a lot, but I'm a little bit younger than you guys. Um, so when certain films came out, uh, they, they really impacted me. Uh, so, um, for, but for starters, um, if you want to just start from like episode one to episode two and, and, and three, episode one, if you really just cut out the Jar Jar Bing stuff, <laughs> it's it, it's very it's, hard it's very do. hard to do. Um, the content itself is good. The performances are wonky, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like um, like Natalie Portman, everybody knows she can act. <laughs> um, she was in The Professional. Uh, uh, Ewan McGregor can act. Liam Liam Neeson can act. But they were. This was the script in the direction that they were given. Um, what we come to find out, of course, later now, um, especially with the original tri- trilogy, Harrison Ford would change his lines all the time, right? Because George Lucas could right. not. Uh, he he wasn't that type of director. Um, which which we right. He didn't have the power at the time like that either. Like he was Spielberg's boy, but right, 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 right. He wasn't right. George Lucas yet. Mm-hmm, exactly, and um, of course, the greatest, the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, he didn't even direct, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it shows, and it definitely shows. Oh, just the, just the, this the, the one scene with with uh, Yoda and, and and Luke just talking about the meaning of the Force is the most beautiful scene in Star Wars, in my opinion. I watch it constantly, but the. Yeah, the content in in itself is really good in the prequels. The um and then the addition of the Clone Wars and things like that are really good. Um, I I really don't like the the complaints about Anakin being um uh, being whiny. All Skywalkers are whiny. <laughs> that's part of that's part of growing up. 
Fair um, enough. That's part of growing up. And then in a society where you have to be repressed in certain ways. <laughs> um, you know, he was a teenager who's told not to love. And it, it, it breeds whininess. Um, but the, 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 the battle on Mustafar, the, the um, duel of the fates, Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the 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 ships uh, the ship the, the 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 level of ship design you don't yeah. see that anywhere in the sequels the the planet design that was done for mm-hmm. Naboo mm-hmm. Uh, I, I already said Mustafa Genosius um, it, it's beautiful the uh, he put, it was a lot of late it was a labor of love but once again the 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 performances a lot of times come out really flat right. Um, Especially in Attack of the Clones. Ooh, Attack of the Clones, it's mm. it's a hard it's a hard watch. Um, but it, and it has so much so much things that are so many things that are good. That's that's funny that you say Attack of the Clones is a hard watch because I feel like out of the prequels, out of all the movies, I think Episode Three is my favorite, um, followed by Empire Strikes Back. But I feel out of the prequels, the hardest one to watch is for me is kind of like the first one. But is that I, I, because of is that because of Jar Jar? No, I think um you guys you guys know, like I'm I'm kind of like a in the in the politics a little bit, like following it and everything like that. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes I, sense. I, I didn't even but, think uh, about it that even, way. You're absolutely I, I right. am but I even am the as first well. one. Yeah, but even the first one, it's like it's too much <laughs> into like geopolitical stuff, like a trade embargo like that's what it's about. That's what starts the Galactic Empire. Right. And I get I get that you know, it's those small things in life or things that you don't really think, like even in real life, that are small that could balloon into these big things that could really drastically change or impact people's lives. So I get like that really happens. But, you know, we're here for entertainment. And, you know, if you're starting out and the first scenes are about peace negotiations, um, about an embargo, it's kind of like, mm, you, you've kind of lost me. And I think, too, a lot of people, because I think when... um. The Phantom Menace came out. I think I was like ten, um, somewhere around there, preteen. But you know, sometimes a lot of the stuff is going to go over people's heads, and you know, as you age, you understand a little bit more. But I, I just think that one's harder. Like I'm more inclined to watch Attack of the Clones on TV. Well, for, because you're not building anything at that point. Like yeah, man. that was. This, that, go ahead. But this, my my one thought was just that. I think even with the the um the, what you're talking about part of the geopolitical thing, and now that I'm even thinking about it, it's just that we're going back to the reason why the Jedi Order fell. And I think now that I'm out of of the prequels, I'm looking back. The Jedi weren't hearing the need, the will of the Force. You got mm. two powerful Jedi going to a trade embargo hearing, and and right, the Force right. and the for, and the Force is like. What are y'all doing? What, what are you doing here? <laughs> what, what are, like you, you're not listening. You're not, li- and, and that's what, what and that, and I think about that quite often now. Just like it's it's all these times where the Jedi I should have been paying attention to what was really going on, and and that's what's reflective a lot in in the uh, the original three mm-hmm. episodes. But once again, it's just like that type of um, content is going to go way over most people's heads. Uh, because 
the Jedi, Jedi shouldn't be involved in wars and, and things like that. It, they they forgot balance, and mm-hmm. that's that you can you can see that all over the 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 the, uh, the first three films, where they're they're worried about being warriors, and then Yoda tells you know um, tells Luke years later you know you're supposed we're supposed to be about peace and and, and defense but you're general <laughs> like yeah, they out there they mm-hmm. out there smoking everybody they're they're <laughs> literally out here killing folks in the name of democracy when the force isn't is, is saying um the, the democracy ain't got nothing to do with, with the will of the force correct mm-hmm. and Yoda couldn't see that. Uh, Mace Windu was it was when, when he died, um, right before he died, he was worried about who was going to con- take control of the Senate. Right, right. And I, I'm, I'm for, I never thought about these concepts beforehand. Now I can. Sure, you're older now. I'm older now, and I've you know done my, my nerd research. <laughs> <laughs> so there is yeah, that. But that that was my only only little tidbit on that. It's just that. What you just said is true, but I got where George was. What he was trying to do on those things. Yeah, I Me. just think it was it was ill timed to do it that way, though, because you got to think about it. At this point, we're twenty years removed from uh, the the original trilogy, so now you have people clamoring for this. Right, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and you know through the books and that bad Christmas special and video games and comic books it's you know a groundswell that has been happening and then we thought it was over right we thought we were getting three movies and that was that and then you finally get this announcement that we get to revisit this universe and you start off with trade embargoes really (laughs) right it's kind of like a letdown right especially for the time so not only do you have this amount of time that we were waiting to get this content but you got to think about what it was competing against at that time as well like movies were getting more um there was more technology available so they were starting to look a lot better you could do a lot more cooler things i mean the same year that the phantom menace came out the matrix came out Mm -hmm. you can't you can't compete the same you know with with that with these type, this type of storytelling, and the audience pretty much said that. <laughs> I, you know what, I, I agree and I disagree with that statement, and part of that is because, um, like some of the bad things about the Phantom Menace, and overall, I think my, I have a higher opinion of uh, the prequels than a lot of people. And the fan base probably do. Like, a lot of people probably don't like it. Or not, I won't say probably, a lot of people don't like the Phantom Menace. A lot of people don't like Attack of the Clones. No. Um, and they think the prequels were a failure. I think it was a, a success. And especially when you look at the entire series, you know, not just the movies, but you look at the Clone Wars, t- uh, the animated TV show. Right. And then you look at the Clone Wars, the CGI show. And when you look at the entire big picture, you're like, wow, this is, this, it, it was a lot people going love, on. People love Ahsoka. And people love Ahsoka. Yeah, and, yes. and she was as they should. Um, but if you go, but I don't know if you've ever, if you guys have seen it, but there's um, somebody I don't know who they recut um, the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, and I think the Phantom Menace is retitled the Phantom Edit, 
and then Attack of the Clones has some other title. They're on YouTube, and you can watch them. And they cut, they edited out scenes, they um, dubbed over the dialogue for Jar Jar and gave him subtitles. They dubbed over the um, the racist uh, Asian um, aliens. I can't think what they were called. The gun rays. Viceroy. The Viceroys, yeah. They, I can't, Nemoidians. The Nemoidians. They dubbed oh, over them. Oh, the, the race. Kind of both. Um, they dubbed over that. And when you watch it, you know, it's, it's, I can't think it's how much shorter it is. Um, they cut out some of the Anakin scenes where he's, you know, doing stuff by accident. Um, it makes it, it seem like he's more naturally gifted or deliberate in what he's doing. Um, and it, it changes the movies. Like, I, I've watched both, and I, you know, I said The Phantom Menace is a little tougher to watch than Attack of the Clones, but um, I can appreciate both sides of, of what they're doing. I think when it's re-edited um, and things are changed, I think it is a little bit tighter where it can't compete with, you know, like The Matrix, which, like you said, was released the same year. But it was just some some noise that I think George Lucas kind of got caught up in. Right. And he probably had, like, Yes Man in the production. He's like, yeah, this scene's great. And, like, yeah, George, yeah, you're signing the checks, whatever. Whatever you um, want to do. Right. Yeah. And it didn't work as well as it could have been intended. Um, so that's why. And he, and he never could have predicted um, how impactful Darth Maul oh my God. was going he could have never like understood like oh like oh so I shouldn't have killed him I mean how right. could you not have <laughs> foreseen that though just even the scene where you first see the double lightsaber mm-hmm. like people had to go crazy for that I feel I feel cheated out of that experience because full conf- confession I uh, I showed up late I showed up late to the Star Wars game um, I was aware of it, but I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't involved, um, so I did not see *Phantom Menace* in theaters. Um, so the first time I actually did see that, I was like everybody else. I was taken aback, and I'm like, man, I, I would have loved to have been able to experience that moment in in the theater. And I, there's no way you can tell me that in the process of writing, shooting, editing, that scene alone should have been enough to let you know that you know what this is something that the, the people are gonna love maybe we can let him stick around for a little while he ain't gotta go like he can right. be defeated and he did not have to die mm-hmm. man, ray park ray park was the man he, he he that was 99 and 2000 man he had a he had a phantom menace and x-men back right right but he didn't, right. he didn't have any scenes he didn't really have any like dialogue in x-men he had the couple of he ate. A, he ate. A, he ate an owl. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Don't matter. I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of dialogue in Phantom Menace either. No, but well, he was. No, that no, wasn't even no. him. They dubbed over him. Fair enough. But it, yeah, I mean, he's, even him talking. it's still an iconic moment for him, and mm. I'm sure he's dining out on that even to this day. Right. No, uh, Darth Maul probably. I think about it too. Is like, you know. We we're getting to see the Sith and in some history and right. um into that and you know we know what's going to happen in the future but sure. at the same time it's kind of cool because you get to see the foundation being laid or glimpses of of the history of the Sith because you know after uh, Return of the Jedi and and all the extended universe stuff came out and they're talking about the Sith from a thousand years ago and building out the universe and the history there but. You know, some people aren't going to dive that deep in into it. 
So when you see it in the movies, that might be but, the only but those, they get. But those people are also the loudest. You know what I'm saying? Like those are yeah. those, right. those, right. those are people. Those you know that's those people are the people who are like who really don't appreciate like a lot of the things that like that that we appreciate. Like I mean, it's it's as wonky as the you know, the acting was. I appreciate the pod racing scene. That was cool. Um, that was dope. That was probably yeah, I, my I think, favorite part I, of the Phantom Menace. Yeah, I think I think that part that really? part that part is cool. Yeah. And I mean. John Williams. John, Thank you. John, so, I'm thinking, so I wasn't even gonna, I, I hate to cut you off, Cal. I'm just, <laughs> my bad. Him, and I normally him, don't even do that. Him and, I'm just want to say him and Hans Zimmer. Him and Hans, like, him, like it was, for me, it's just like, dude, dude. Yeah, yeah. John Williams like, is iconic what? in pretty much everything dude. that he's done. Like I like when you like it's it's really good YouTube's out here that really deconstruct um the um of course we going of course going back to Empire um, <laughs> that deconstructs what um the scene where um, Han is frozen in carbon and how the Leia's theme is blended with Empire's theme and how the horns hit harder. Like, John Williams is just a monster. Like, the things he's been able to do. And then, like, from 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 Duel of the Fates, and then came back for the sequel trilogy to create Ray's thing and Kylo's thing. Like, okay, the sequels aren't, uh, they have their issues, but Kylo's thing, woo! Mm-hmm. Let Listen, me, the music let is me, never, the, the music is me, one thing that you can't complain about in let, any of the movies. Let me tell you that first scene with when um uh, when Kylo's ship comes up and all you hear is those horns do 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 oh oh okay we're, okay oh we're back oh 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 okay and it all goes downhill from there. <gasps> Just one big That's not true. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's another episode though fellas we gotta that's i know back. i know but yeah. to to go back to 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 the to the prequels i mean attack of the clones gave you 200 jedi versus 2000 droids it gave you the um an actual war an actual mm-hmm. war like yes okay and then the third film has the best opening sequence ever. Oh, the space war. The but but how it was opened up the the the, the two the two um, ships that go over the top. Mm-hmm. Obi Wan, Anakin, two uh, Jedi cruisers. They flip over up into an entire space battle. Yeah, the two that 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 mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, that that opening shot. And sequence is really dope. I'm so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's a there's a lot. You were talking about your favorite scenes um, from from episode one, and um, you mentioned the pod racing scene, which was great. And I'm not even into like racing or car movie, you know, like racing scenes. Like some of them are cool. Sometimes I'm like, ah, it's too long. Pod racing scene was really cool. Um, and but for me, I think one of the things that that I loved about that movie was. Uh, you touched on it a little bit earlier, uh, Cal, is is the beauty of these worlds Lucas created, but yeah. also the the lightsaber battle at the end with uh, 
uh, Darth Maul and, and Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi, just the choreography of that and the music. Yes. You know, it's it's beautifully filmed. It's beautifully executed. And it's like, you know, growing up, you think, you know, episode four through six and you see the lightsabers like, oh, that's so cool. And now you see this where they're incorporating like martial arts and and um, being acrobatic and um, all these things into the fight scene. And you and you really see this the Jedi differently. Like, yep. oh, these the Jedi yep. are bad. They like, about it. <laughs> exactly. Like they don't want to fight. Um, but when they have to, you know, it's, it's something to see. And that's um, about to succumb to the dark side because he just saw his master get killed. That was something, um, I'm talking about, and I, and the, 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 the level of, uh, the, the, Ewan McGregor can still do like every single move lets that you, lets you know that it really was a labor of love for these guys. Um, like I said, like, 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 like where I was saying, just that. Yes, there was some weird stuff, right. but everybody right. who's a part of the project really, really cared for it. I wonder, though, I wonder if that's actually the case because because of how flat the acting was in a lot of cases. Like, I can't think of the actor's name that played Anakin um, in, in Phantom Menace. Jake, Jake something. Lloyd. Jake Lloyd, Jake thank Lloyd, you. Jake Lloyd, yeah. <laughs> they should have got uh the kid from Jerry Maguire. Look, Nick, what's his name? <laughs> you know, a human ped weighs <laughs> right, weighs yeah. eight pounds. Yeah, he'd be like the average lightsaber weighs uh, two pounds. <laughs> yeah, it was it was I, I was I was able to deal with that though because as a kid, I'm I'm a little easier on kid actors if they're okay. But I was I was good with that. But the, the performance we got out of Natalie Portman, to me, it felt like she didn't want to be there. It just did. I, you know what? And I had an issue with that for a while. But then I think about the role she was playing. Um, and then when you see Amadala talking, Am- Amadala doesn't have feeling or emotion. You know, she's very uh, regal and she talks, you know, like royalty and right. doesn't really move her lips and talks through her teeth and is really stiff. Um, and I think that's kind of who that the character was. And I think part of it, like, is, is kind of like bad direction. But at the same time, you know, she's a 14 year old queen of a planet of, you know, 100 million people or more. So she's not I don't think, you know, that character isn't going to interact like your average 14 year old um, and be, you know, loose in, with their movements and how they interact with things that she's going to be formal and. You know, even when she was in um, posing as a as a handmaid, um, I think that's what they're called. I don't know. You know, she's still in the queen's co- you know court, so she still has to act a certain way. So, I think her acting was was very wooden, but at the same time, I think part of that had to do more so than, with still, the character. Still better than Brie Larson. But and, you you can see you can see still a, still, still still better than Captain Marvel. Wow. <laughs> That's a whole that's a whole different situation, sir. Yeah. Um, which I may or may not agree with. The world may never know, not until we talk about it. What I will say about about that though, even if the character is supposed to be, you know, very stoic, you can deliver that kind of performance without your performance being flat. 
And maybe there is something to it. Maybe it was the direction. Um, but it just it just felt joyless, at least from her specifically. I, I can see that. Liam Neeson felt too, like he was there for the check. <laughs> but then, I, 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 for me, I guess it's just hard to judge it because um, of, of the it's, Jedi but, and how but they he, act. But didn't you know, he say he was, he was going for a more regal type of sentence structure because it was a more civilized time? And I think they wanted it to reflect how, right. um, how Obi-Wan talked in... Like like oh yeah, Obi Wan talks like like he's above everybody in Star Wars, the first one, A New Hope. So at that yeah. same token, you know when they, they that's what that's at least what he said. So I think that's what the direction was, but it comes off once again wonky because nothing is natural. Correct. That's what it is. It's it's forced. He felt like he was saying, "I have a particular I have a particular set of lightsabers." If you let the queen go, I will not pursue you. I will not look for you. But if you don't, I will find you. And I will kill you. That's what it seemed like to me. Okay. Even though, yes, we know Taken came but out after Phantom yeah, Minute. Y'all know where um, I'm getting at, though. I, Hayden, 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 I don't think really is a great actor, but all of his... All of his stuff, he was. It was told to him to act like that, you know. And I think so. When people get on him, it's like, no, he was told to 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 talk that way and to be that way. His um his best scene, um, his best two scenes are when he's being really angry. So that like the the, after he gets back from the the from the Mm -hmm. the Tuscan Raider massacre. And then, yeah, which was a great scene. That was that a was a, scene. that was a good yeah. scene. And then yeah. everything, everything after he becomes Darth Vader is great. I love it. I love every everything after when he gets to when he touches down on Mustafar. It's like, oh, you can act. <laughs> like, he he turns it up and is and I and I enjoy his performance. Um, yeah, so I mean, but everything else is like the the the. He like George Lucas did not know how to write a love scene, you know, or, or a love, um, a love story, a love yeah. story, and, right. and on top of it, it looked as if you, they didn't have any chemistry, and uh, correct. So, so, so that that makes a difference. And if you want to see good chemistry on screen, look at uh, Emma um, Emma Stone and um, Andrew Garfield in a Spider Man and this Amazing Spider Man bad movie, but. Every scene that the chemistry between them was very good. It's it's really good. Weren't they dating in real life too, though? What was that? Weren't they dating in real life? And they were dating in real life. Okay, yeah, yeah, they did. Oh well, then that wasn't no acting. They were just (laughs) right getting paid to kiss your girl. Yeah, but that was (laughs) that was only after the first one, I believe. So by the so by the second one, it was just like, oh, do your thing. Fair enough. I thought that that relationship was weird anyway, because so and and when they meet in Phantom Menace, like clearly Anakin's got a crush on her, but how was that love? Like I I I, I didn't buy it as a love story. I didn't. I thought it was weird because oh, it was a thousand percent weird. I mean, we've all <laughs> once they're older, she's... once they're older, fine. But at the time, he's like seven. 
it was a better yeah it was a better, it was a, it was a better way to do that <laughs> yeah like i think the like when the roberta the, kelly is going on here <laughs> On top of having, in, on top of having the Jamaican in the Jamaican in, in an oh alien geez. suit, uh, oh, it, it was like, okay, this dude is speaking patois uh, <laughs> on an alien planet. It was like, like dude, is what, what? I forgot about the Gungans. Oh man, yeah. that whole yeah. that whole scene with the Gungans was was kind of it, it kind of dumb. It was literally, hey. If you've never been to Kingston, Jamaica, hey, <laughs> here's what it's like if it was underwater, and and it was clean, Under the and it was clean under the water, and they're probably oh. and they're xenophobic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, sir, I don't think I've ever thought about that about um, you know, Jamaicans, but uh, okay. I never look at Jamaicans the same way, man. Um, but that you know what. And, and as as bad as is they were characterized, you know, again, it's and I, I'll always credit George <laughs> Lucas because we know he's he has his shortcomings as a filmmaker and a writer and things like that. But that man is a visionary. Yes. Um, and his imagination these, is second to none. Yeah. Cause well, you know, hyperbole. Sorry, there may be one or two, but continue. Sorry. Gotcha. OK. Um, but, you know, like in his mind, these worlds really exist and he can tell you why, you know, this planet or this ship is designed this way and the reasons for it. And, you know, there's a purpose behind it. Instead of it just looking sci-fi, right. there's a reason for it. And, right. and right. the under, you know, the underwater world was, 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 it was a good idea. It, yeah, it was a good idea, but also just the design of it and the layout. And yes, um, it was just, uh, you know, a great thinking in, in, in another beautiful scene in the movie. And I know he gets a lot of, of, uh, 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 yeah, for a lot of the CGI usage and, you know, especially the attack of the clones, I think it's really, really evident. But again, um, it was 1999 to like 2004. That's what it would have been. Like people were excited right. to use that technology. Everybody was doing well, that. Well, if I could just, mm-hmm. if I could, I, and I think like it's, like everything is, you know, twenty twenty, uh, in hindsight, it would really have been nice for there to be, because because this ended up happening afterwards, where you have this right this this ongoing rivalry back and forth with Obi Wan and Darth Maul, which would have been nice to see on screen. And, and instead of then, yes. uh, instead of then just dropping uh, Count Dooku and General Grievous on us in the next couple of films, it would have been nice to have mm-hmm. an overreaching um, subvillain, uh, which who was a true a true bad guy, uh, and yes. and I, that would have been mm-hmm. really cool for uh, Obi Wan's development as a character. Um, but then, 100%. but then what's kind of cool is then then when you know these guys who made the Clone Wars and who made uh rebels eventually they they saw it like yo this is this is really mm-hmm. untapped where we can really create this thread of, of 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 development so that by the time that it ends in rebels it feels like it's two old foes uh fighting off against each other mm-hmm. um where you know anakin anakin and and you know vader by the time we get there it i don't think it's two old foes it it kind of hurts <laughs> 
um, where you where you could have mm-hmm. had a really cool back and forth. And I think he, it was just a missed opportunity. Um, instead, because Count Dooku, you know, Christopher Lee is it was a was a really good actor, um, but it, 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 I I really didn't like him at all. I really don't like Count Dooku. No, his now Count Dooku's uh, his apprentice. Uh, what's her name? Massage of Interest. That was another character they could have brought to the yeah, big screen. I, mean, I think. Um, I think she would have been a thousand times more interesting than Count Dooku. But I think they failed too in really explaining um, him in the story and where he fit in. Like at what point, without diving in deeper, at what point does he become Palpatine's apprentice? You know, and I think another thing too, because it sounds like we're kind of migrating to Attack of the Clones. Yes. You know, the the, the clone army when Obi-Wan's investigating and he goes to the, the ocean planet. Again, another um, genius idea from... Uh, Lucas, and I know it's not like his idea that there are planets full of, you know, made of just oceans, um, but seen on the big screen again, I don't want to get sidetracked, but um, when they're talking about like, oh, we have that clone army for you guys, and Obi-Wan's like, what? And he's like, like yeah, you know, Master sifo um 10 years ago told us to create this ten, this army, and it's like, at what point in the Phantom Menace and now have they even alluded to something right. like that happening? And it's one of those ideas where it's like, it's just all of a sudden, it's like, boom, drop this new information in. Yeah, and there's nothing leading up to it. It is a really weird transition, I guess, because it's like falling asleep in a car, right? right? Yeah. You You just just arrive here here and nobody knows how we got here. I mean, it's interesting. Oh, Wyoming, never been here before. Don't know how we got here. Right, right. And I think think that (laughs) Kanye West was driving, that's why. Jesus is king. You better put some respect on his name. <laughs> I mean, it's George. It, for, when man, that's actually pretty much a parallel because, like, just George Lucas and Kanye, they, they're both visionaries. And when you can kind of see your own vision, sometimes you actually can't see what people really want. <laughs> what mm-hmm. people, you know, what people actually find interesting. And I think George, as much as we you know like like the things the clone wars fixed a lot of things about the original trilogy um um about the uh, the prequel the prequel trilogy it fixed a lot of things um because just like like with anakin especially in episode between episode two and three you really don't get a chance to like him but then you know the clone Mm -hmm. wars gives you that opportunity to really get to appreciate him and how much he loves his friends, and yeah. and you understand why he he loves really hard, and and you really feel that. And yeah, but, the, but the two the, the two movies, um, clones and and um and, and, and uh, Revenge of the Sith, you don't get to see that. You really just see this like, oh, he's a psychopath, <laughs> <laughs> and and he's a psychopath with a heart of gold. That's the truth. Uh, and. and and I think that that's one once again one of the things that um, that that fell short in the in the in the prequel trilogy, um, and maybe the, and maybe when we had the original tri- these are just things we didn't really worry about. Uh, and, right. And I, but part of it too is because we didn't know, like we knew, uh, yeah, that, you know, because I go for I go back and forth on some of this stuff because like we, we keep wanting more inf- more and more information about plot th- you know plot threads and stuff like that. But then in the original trilogy, I just accepted that by the time Luke K- 
came into the Return of the Jedi, he would just be amazing. I just accepted it. I didn't ask. <laughs> I didn't ask. Oh, he must have been training and doing this and putting his Kyber crystal together. I didn't worry about all mm-hmm. that. But we worry about it in everything else, and because we have such this overload of information now. I, I don't know, know if I, it's so much a, a overload of information. It's just we're a different audience. Well, I always, you know what? I always did wonder, though, about in between Return of the uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I, I just assumed that after he got his hand cut off, spoiler alert. No, I'm kidding. Um, after <laughs> Who's he got his hand cut off in Wait, Empire, what? Right. <laughs> Wait, what? He lost oh, his yeah, hand? Yeah. yeah, man. It got chopped right off. He has um, a sister? Yeah, yeah. The weird thing is they kind of kissed. It was kind of disturbing. Yeah, well, weird. Um, well, weird. <laughs> and George Lucas wrote that purposely. Man cannot write love stories anyway. Um, I just kind of assumed in my mind, like in my own headcanon, that um, after he got his hand cut off, he kind of went back to Yoda to train and recuperate. And then he, and then in the period between then and the Return of the Jedi, sometime, something caused him to leave his training with Yoda. But then he went back to, you know, quote unquote, completed. That's that was my own headcanon um, about how that kind of made sense. But and I'm not sure how the extended universe addressed it or not um, and what he was doing in that time. But but you're you know, you're, you're right, too, to an extent that we kind of accepted it. But, you know, at that time, too, that the, the bigger universe didn't even exist like we know it today. And even when the prequels were coming out, you know, it was a couple of stories um, and novels and one of which was the audio part was read by a serial killer which is weird um <laughs> in a couple comic books and to be to be honest i don't know how how widespread anything outside of the film universe like it i don't know how, how for the masses oh, because, how how many people yeah, were too. actually getting into that like the the deep you know, nerds like like us would have been eating all of that stuff up. And I'm saying us with air quotes because I wasn't involved at the time. Right. It's crazy. But now. so. I mean, oh, I'm, I it's, mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's insane. Use like I'm I, like I'm a, I'm a YouTuber and I mean, I, I'm taking in Star Wars content every day, at least 35 to 40 minutes of it. Um, just watching videos and angry Kathleen Kennedy Disney videos and it's it's um public enemy it, number it, one yeah it, it's it's so much anger and hate out there um for what's going on and that, that I mean and, and that like I said when we, when we when we started this conversation Star Wars is so near and dear to people's hearts um and I feel the way a lot of people do I don't think you know, uh, Star Wars should be a, so, a social and political form, um, platform for anything because that defeats the purpose of what it is. You know, I don't want you wouldn't go to Flash Gordon and expect him to not be a misogynist who gets the girl at the the girl at the end. And <laughs> you know, I, I, it's just certain tropes that are part of film. Well, that I think is a, I think that that in and of itself is a separate issue um, because those tropes don't necessarily have to exist. To tell a good story, you can eliminate those. Tell a good story without it being preachy. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Shout out to Captain Marvel, the new James Bond movie coming out, The Last Jedi, uh, and uh, the new Terminator that just came out. <laughs> you don't have you don't have to be preachy. Correct. 
Correct. It can just exist. Like you can create an inclusive environment, whatever it is that you're including into this environment without it being a thing. Because people exist in this way without it being a thing. You just live. Right. So we still haven't like really talked about the like the I think the most high impact scene, um, the high ground scene. <laughs> well, before we before we get <laughs> we're there, not there yet. I mean, there oh, were, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't know we were there yet because no, no, I was, but I mean, you're talking high impact scenes. We're, I mean, Yoda. The first time we get to see Yoda in action. Yeah, we did kind of breeze was, past it. I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to go back, but since we are. <laughs> <laughs> Yoda. My bad. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. Yoda was, uh, that was for me. And I'm only speaking from my perspective because I, as I keep saying, jumped on the train late. I was floored. I was floored because I was thinking for a while, like, Yoda just, he just sit around saying stuff all the time. Like, hey, when's he going to do anything <laughs> ever? Do talks and riddles. Right. And just, sh- like, somebody's <laughs> grandfather. And you know, <laughs> me being a young whippersnapper and being disrespectful as I am, that's that's kind of how I viewed him. Like, oh come on, old man, times are different. You don't even you. I bet you couldn't get up and do nothing anyway. This is how I'm viewing Yoda the whole time, and he got busy. Shut me that's, right up. That that scene came is in how and saved the day. Service. I mean that 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 agreed. That, mm-hmm. Agreed. Because it was it was fan service, but it was necessary. So, yeah, both, mm-hmm. and and it made sense, it made for, the sense for the story. That right. that is how you 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 use when you tell the audience, "Oh yeah, we're making CGI Yoda." That's why you. That's why you do CGI Yoda. Correct. Correct. So I just I like just that. loved how, once again, like labor of love, his 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 lightsaber technique was perfectly modified for himself with his size and mm-hmm. right. hashtag judge me by, by my size. Do you like dude, <laughs> dude, like you said, he was getting busy and it, I remember being in a the theater and the whole theater erupted. Went nuts. It, it, they, it, they went crazy because it was so well. Yeah. And this is after you saw two hundred Jedi's going at it. Like I remember seeing, like, oh mm-hmm. my, what? It, like, did 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 Mace Window just right. take out Jango Fett in two seconds? Oh, because he's a, because he's a Done. Jedi Grandmaster. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. And then that, it took it to a next. Le- it took it to a next level. That's all. It, it it was just just amazing. You keep. I remember watching it. and You're like. It can't get any better. Like this scene can't get any better than this. And then something happens. Like, oh, they can't top that. And something happens. And it's like, yeah, they're not gonna top that. And then Anakin and um, Obi Wan are fighting Count Dooku, and you know it's it's a two on one scene. And you're like, yeah, this is really cool. You know, it can't get any better than that. And Dooku defeats him. All of a sudden, Yoda comes in, <laughs> pulls his jacket to the side, uses the Force to unhitch his Ooh. lightsaber and bring it to his hands. How gangster is that? Let like, me get come this. On. Like, Right. And, you know, I think at that time they had kind of established that Obi-Wan, like Obi-Wan's no punk. Right. Um, You know, he's no punk and he's he's one of the 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 better fighters in the order. (laughs) With the mullet. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, you know, but so I think they were they were really trying to establish how just how powerful Dooku was, and I think they kind of failed a little bit. Um, a, a little bit. It was geriatrics. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they kind of failed in the in the display. Christopher, I'm trying, Christopher I'm trying to show. Look, I'm trying to show him a little more respect than JB showed Yoda. Do Sar- see somebody's grandfather. Sar- Saruman was seventy year old. Was seventy year old. Was seventy years old, man. I'm like, dude, go play the wizard. Go, 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 go to Lord of the. You, you're fine doing the Lord of the Rings wizard stuff. Stop it. I want Ray Park. I want acrobatics. I want fast people who are trained, who have trained their life for one thing mm-hmm. to kill Jedi. <laughs> that, that is all. That's it. This, dude, this Darth, is what you do. Darth Maul, Darth Maul was trained from birth to kill Jedi. Mm-hmm. I want to see him. I want to see that guy. Like, I want to see the dude who just hate something for no reason. <laughs> like, look at you in your in your tunic, thinking you all that. You ain't nothing. This this dude Ooh, came tunic. back in Clone Wars to say, "What kept me alive? Hate." <laughs> <I would. laughs> that is what I want. I want to see that psychopath. That is what I like. They got like I'm, I'm just not to go on account. Dooku read this dude. The reason he was even in that position because he was heir. To, like he's like the one of the top five richest families in the galaxy, and that's why he was like he could because he could fund all of the droids. Right. What? Like, it, it goes back to the point we were talking like about politics. Yeah, come on about politics. <laughs> like, what? He's yeah. seventy years old. He play he, he played a swashbuckling dude fifty years ago, and you yeah. bring him in to do. Oh, the funny thing about that, like, so behind the scenes, um, they had to have a stunt double for a lot of the wide shots because Christopher Plummer couldn't move his legs fast enough. <laughs> no, but no, the scene, there's the, 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 the real, the, the cool, the cool scene where they're like, um, they're, 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 him and Anakin are, are fighting I remember as a kid, like, because you see the light, the glow off their faces, mm-hmm. but you don't see what they're doing with their hands because you got a geriatric out there <laughs> right. trying to fight, trying to fight Anakin. Um, so you can't do a wide pan shot Mm-mm. to actually see the movements. I'm, I'm for because I mean you try that that whole fight scene is so dry between until oh, until Yoda pops up. That's right. that's my. That's my two cents because because it, it just frustrates me. And then you don't even get to see how dope Count Dooku is until when the Clone Wars. I was about to say he's a better, he's a much better character in the Clone Wars than he is on the screen. Yeah, that. Um, my other comment on Attack of the Clones was just um, the other, the other really, really nice set piece uh, that they. There's two other set, nice set pieces. I'm sorry, um, and that's when the Django Fett. Um, Obi Wan chase scene in space, um, where they where they um, Django drops these these sonic bombs that have like a delay quiet to them, and then they blast off. Um, that's really cool. And then when they're chasing the droid uh, through Coruscant mm-hmm. after the assassination attempt, right. those are really those are a, a really cool set pieces because you kind of get the the um, the relationship between Obi Wan and uh, and Anakin. Uh, that they've been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. How uh, close even, they are. How close they are. Um, you know, Obi-Wan really 
really, really was a um a bad uh, master, um, mm-hmm. in in the stuff that he did to uh, Anakin, and I would have been resentful too. Uh, so it's really kind of cool in the third film that they become friends because he would just dog him out in front of people, <laughs> like, yeah. like learn your place, young man. Like, like I would be angry too. Yeah. Um, but you but know that's what? such a, that that's is good. such a uh, millennial point of view, to be honest. Because, because let's nah. let's be well. First, well, first of all, we're all millennials. <laughs> well, I just I just like messing like, with Cal about that. That's all. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sir. Sir, uh, I mean, I think too, but that's that's because Anakin wasn't a, a Padawan like the like any other. I mean, there were a couple like right. not like him, but you know, most of them are. You look, know, it's a very like a Puritan view of the Padawans, like you know, uh, seen but not heard or whatever they're saying. However, the saying goes, mm-hmm. and he kind of like would step out of his square, um, and Obi Wan would be like, "Yo, this is you know, this act is, like yeah, yeah." <laughs> Dogged out in front of his crush. <laughs> that was that was a little on the savage side, but but to be fair, that's we don't what, know what what if that's bad. what Obi Wan's training was like anyway. Like that's just how the Jedi got down. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and they, I'm sorry, go right ahead. No, no, I was gonna say, and that's kind of like when you see um, the Clone Wars, and you get to see a lot of of the other uh, Padawans and stuff, and they all have different relationships with their masters, but there are some in there who, you know, are just kind of like just clean. I won't say clean cut, but, you know, they're by the books and, um, you know, you kind of each each master kind of had leeway in how he dealt with his Padawan. Right. But um, there was, you know, a, a hierarchy to how things are expected. You're the learner. Um, you're you know, they're, they're the master and in, in certain things you're you're not supposed to do or, or speak on, you know. Right. What they so, needed was yeah. Dragonfly Jones in the order. He'd have straightened it all out. <laughs> man, they needed it. Man, uh, Anakin should have had Old Boy from Kill Bill Volume Two. Like, dude, <laughs> like, like I'm a, I'm a, like I'm gonna make you do some exercises that hurt your knuckles. You over, over here trying to do this sword stuff. Uh, uh-uh, uh. Now, before we get to the lightsaber play, I need you to punch through this tree. No <laughs> force. And guess what? Guess what? When you want to eat, you get rice, and you better eat it with chopsticks. Like. <laughs> And guess what? If you use your hands, I'm going to put it on the floor. You want to eat like a dog? Go out there and eat like a dog. <laughs> I hate it got off real quick. <laughs> He'd be like, sir, I'm about to force choke you. Oh, man. It's funny how like the, the fandom keys in on certain characters in certain scenes, and they just run with it. Like the bounty hunter who is watching the... Um, the pod race in episode one. Mm-hmm. I can't think of her name. It. Then there's a couple like uh, Shock T and. And she she, she she pops up. She pops up later. She oh, has cool. a whole yeah, episode. A lot of these guys on, get fleshed out more. Even the, um, the expanded universe stuff and games and 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 Clone Wars. And then you have like uh, the Twi'lek. Uh, or is it Twi'lek? I call it. I say Twi'lek. Um, Jedi and then you get Shock T and then you you. Um, What's his name? Sace, uh, the one with the horns, and you know these characters pop out in Kiati Mundi and stuff, and you're like, I don't know, Master Plow, and yeah, it's they they jump out of you, and for some reason we're drawn to him. Like, okay, I see this Jedi, and he's only on screen for two seconds, or she's only on screen for a second. I want to know more about them, and that's just the the impact. I mean, maybe because we're finally getting to see other Jedi other than Obi Wan, Yoda, and um, 
and uh and Luke. Luke yeah. Um and we were like, okay, we need to know more about what's going on. But I've always I've always found that was interesting how, you know, this background character can become a forefront um, you know, character just based on a scene. I mean, I guess Boba Fett kinda did it too, because he one hundred percent did lives. that. Right. Yeah, and people love yeah. him for some reason. Yeah, if I can um just make a a, a quick point. Yeah. Um what I um really did um enjoy about the last Jedi were some just the things that uh Luke like, that Luke was trying to tell get get Ray to understand, um, which was what Yoda was trying to tell him about things is just that with that force that you feel, it doesn't belong to the Jedi, it doesn't belong to um it doesn't belong to one set of organization and stuff like that. It doesn't belong to, to, to them. And that's what he was trying to get her to understand because that's what the Jedi didn't understand. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think as we move further, I think Ahsoka gets it. And I think Ahsoka understands. She feels the force. She, 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 she loves the force. She, she follows the will of the force. And so, so in, to tie into what you're what you're saying about characters, I really love her character mm-hmm. because because she's true. She truly, and I, I really hope to see her forward. But she truly is trying to follow the will of the force, um, wherever that may take her. Right. And I think that is, I think that is kind of a, a interesting take because um, she, you know, that if you follow the will of the force, that may make you turn your back on certain situations that you feel that that politically you may feel as though you need to step into. But if you listen to the force, you may have to turn a blind eye to it and go take care of something else. <laughs> and I think that and I think that's fascinating because especially when you're reading the the um you know some of the other books where where Qui-Gon Jinn and and um and um and Obi-Wan are just going on from 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 dispute to dispute yeah. to this situation here. To, like, you know, Ahsoka was really the, you know, out here just following her heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and Luke said that it was just that, look, that the Jedi, that I get what the Jedi order is doing, but you have to follow the will of the force. And that is the most important part. And, uh, you know, in a bad, in a bad movie, I think there are, there are some real, um, gems, about the about the force and some other things in it. I can agree with that. Yeah, I agree. And we're going to see more of a Ahsoka story too with the the final season of Clone Wars that's coming. So, yay! I like this. I I like this. Yes, indeed. I like this place. This is. I feel like I'm in a safe space. You are. You're among <laughs> friends. You're among friends. <laughs> now, now they will, they will come like at you on I, the internet, but you know, you know how to handle yeah, that. Yeah, I. I, I I can turn my comment section off, but I do, I do enjoy talking about something I, I really am passionate about because I think, um, the I think Star Wars is also very reflective of us as people, um, you know, and the, and the journeys we all and all taken. Uh, yeah. Force Awakens, Force Awakens show that, but I know you don't like. I know you don't like uh, Force <laughs> Awakens, so I won't go into topic, that. Fellas, we got that one coming up later. Yes, sir. I, I really hope. I hope. I hope I get like a ten-minute spiel on that, like a rant. Against, uh, <laughs> I think. I think the, the, when we hit the prequels, finally, uh, I think it's just going to all be rants. <laughs> right. 
It's it's a lot, man. You, you what you just talked about, man. Like like people just love the the five o first, like just these little legions of uh of the clones, you know, Rex and all those guys. Right. Like people pick people can pick up almost any different character and just find something that they love about them. Fives, Fan, fives is one of my favorite. Fives, um, you know, and and, uh, and speaking of the clones, and in, in, in going to the Clone Wars. Sorry to cut you off, but. Um, no, there no. are some really like the Clone Wars. It started off kind of weak, like the first season was kind of like meh, but then after that, it was just it was it was great. But they had some episodes like um, that led up to Order sixty six and the conspiracy episodes Oof. about those. Man, for for kids show, and I, maybe I sh- I wish I thought of it when we were talking about like our our favorite moments and then in like the uh, the last episode, but. Um, those episodes were dealing with the conspiracy and the clones figuring out, and one of them going, you know, they think is going crazy, um, and they, you know, it's, it's, it's just programming that was really going wrong mm-hmm. in Haywire. And I mean, it, it, he w- w- once again vision, but sometimes all these things they just get lost mm-hmm. um, because of and. You having a, a, a Jamaican alien? Where you, just put, where you really? Where you could have just? You could have just had a regular human and put gills on them, mm-hmm. and then and, and let them speak. Or just, not, just speak. not get made them Jamaican, right? Yeah, it just just made them an ordinary person and just put gills on them, and it would, and the story would have been just as fine. R two is enough comic relief. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> but you know. Star Wars reasons. Yeah, Lucas reasons. Um, right, yeah, Lucas yeah, reasons. Exactly. Hashtag Lucas reasons. And and I, episode three, I think it's my favorite movie, and I think it's it's, it's without hands down. I think no one would debate me on this. Maybe one like super super nerd, but it's the best movie out of the prequels. And I'd agree with that. You know, for yeah, and like you said, one of the be- best openings in a, in a film. Um, I like that it starts basically right where the Clone Wars, the animated version, picked up. Remember the three-minute episodes where it ended, where Puppetine was, um, you know, kidnapped, and he actually orchestrated his own kidnapping. But um, and and they're going to rescue him, and it's, you know, a lot of I think a lot of people I read somewhere that uh, they criticize the um, the prequels because. There's no like tension. There's no um, uh, uh, build up to you know to the end or anything like that. Like with the four through six, because you know it's a, the standard battle of good versus evil, and and you know good is defeated so many times, but they finally triumph. In this one, it's they're like, oh, there's really no point to this. We know he turns bad, but I think that that's that is the tension right because we as an audience know what's coming correct um and we get to actually see it because we know darth vader is a bad dude you know they say that obi-wan tells luke that you know his father um succumbed to the dark side but he doesn't he doesn't tell him everything he doesn't say oh his father marched into the temple where, that he called home since he was a boy and killed children you know, he doesn't say, hey, right. you, your father turned against his friends and um, became, you know, a, the, the mercenary of the empire and killed his brothers in the forest and hunted them down and, and all these other things. He doesn't tell him all that. To, say, to, to save your mother. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> and I don't even think Obi, 
well, I guess he kind of figured it out a little bit, but um, but we see in the beginning of, of episode three that immediate pace towards the dark side. When he kills Doku, um, when Obi-Wan is again knocked out in a fight um, with the uh, stairs on top of him, like got pulled down on him, which is weird. Um, <laughs> but we see that and we're like, you know, you're as an audience, you're kind of like anticipating and you're like, okay, how exactly, what, well, we know it has to do with um, Padme, but what's going to be the tipping point that pushes him over to the dark side completely? How do we get there? Right, right. And I think this movie really does a good job of showing how we get there. Um, one, because like you said, he loves too hard. Um, he's afraid of losing Padme. He, he knows he's conflicted because he shouldn't be with her in to begin with because of the lifestyle that he's he's lived and and um i can't remember was it episode two or three when obi-wan makes a really great quote about um the commitment he made is not one that should be taken lightly right and and you know all these things are weighing in on him and you're like okay how do we get to this point where when he becomes a darth vader and then we see it what leads up to him because he's afraid he's having dreams that she's gonna die everyone in his life who's important to him has, has died mm -hmm. his mother qui-gon um now it's padme probably he would probably worry about losing um obi-wan and in clone wars he actually does so i think there's a couple of episodes or where he rescues him or he you know uh disobeys orders to go back up obi-wan because you know obi-wan is at risk of dying or something um so we so we get to see that and i think it pays off really well um the pacing throughout the movie as we get to that point yeah i i mean every, everything you just said is, is is spot on i think you i think by episode three you you definitely i i definitely understood why um obi-wan said what he did did about his father i mean you can't Try to get Luke to go on this grand adventure, oh, yeah. <laughs> and and by by first by first saying, yeah, your dad is a mass murderer. You, yeah, I you you can't you can't you know start that that story off, and that's it's, it's a couple of YouTube videos called like uh, called um, Obi Wan has PTSD. <laughs> and it go, it, it, that's not funny, and it it's not funny, but it's. It's it's a beautiful video about how as Alec Guinness, while he was actually explaining this, if you look at his performance, he's almost strained in the way he tells him, you know, about dark. It's it's almost painful for for Alec Guinness in his performance right. to say it, and it actually looks like he's struggling. And I'm and with this video, I I'll send you the link after this. Um, about it because I mean it's hard to kind of your whole world was shattered by somebody that you right. loved mm -hmm. and that is and you can you can, it, it would be impossible to express that to 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 to, to, um, to Luke mm -hmm. and then on top of that he was in, Luke was his job for 20 years 20 years mm -hmm. you know his job was to protect him so he kind of has that type of fatherly love for him mm -hmm. Um, because he thinks he has a second chance, um, but yeah, episode three is the, that final scene where he says, "I hate you," and his hate, his hate like Darth Maul, um, helps him to survive. Mm -hmm. His hatred, his hatred of not only Obi Wan, but at the end of it, um, 
Anakin, at the end of the day, he hates himself. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important. That That is the most important thing that Anakin, what makes Darth Vader Darth Vader is not his hatred for others. It is his hatred for himself mm-hmm. that drives drives him um, to be who he is at the end of and the day. And that's pretty much what, I hate to go back, but it, it ties directly in uh, episode one with Yoda was uh, saying about Anakin then about his oh, fear yeah, they didn't want to train him. yeah about yeah. his fear you know f- what is it fear becomes um fear leads to anger thank you fear leads to anger anger leads to hate like it it played out exactly that way let's talk about mm-hmm. that scene though the i hate you cal you are dead on in the hatred that that anakin has um internally and externally Yo, could that line have been delivered any worse, though? Which one? I hate you. <laughs> oh, I know you. You you always talk about that line. I knew you were like because I hate you. that line. I hate, I hate the way he delivered it. Like there's so much passion in that moment, and he just botched it sure. the whole way. This is where he comes. And that up. was the best take. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or that's the one that they chose to use. Yeah, right. Boy, Ian, uh, Ian McGregor, he picks up that lights. He, he he's defeated. He's tired. Mm-hmm. He's emotionally beat. Everyone and he the music, the music, everyone, music of that scene. The music was ill. The music was ill. Everyone he knows has died. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone, including his best friend, and he just walks away like brother. I, like that. I'm talking about that. That just kills me. But like, he y'all comes been off like everything. A, he comes off like a like a teenager throwing a tantrum. Cause that's what he is. I mean, he's I mean he's a grown man, but like internally, like he he like he doesn't know how to. to I mean, I guess he is kind of like a so a psychopath. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but um, I mean we we've established this in prior episodes that we're not medical professionals. Um, <laughs> which, not professional anything. We're just, yeah, right. Um, but, uh, you know, Anakin doesn't know how to process things and he doesn't know how to process loss. And um, I agree with you guys both when he, you know, and I never really thought about it uh, like that, but that he, he hates himself. Yeah. I, I knew that he always never thought he was powerful enough mm-hmm. um, and not not in the sense that he, you know, to abuse his powers or anything like that, but just in the sense that he, he never felt like he was powerful enough to prevent uh, bad things from happening to people he cared about mm-hmm. um, and something that they they addressed in the movies and also in the TV show so when so but but no I mean but I mean that's 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 the gist that's that's the gist of it and that that is why it, I mean uh, episodes I think one through six really play out like more of a tragedy than anything yes uh, mm-hmm. uh, because uh he <laughs> it's it's the the from the scene of his birth as Darth Vader to the 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 scene of him you know throwing uh the emperor over uh, to the to the core reactor it's, it's just it's you just feel this this sadness for him you know mm-hmm. but he he uh in the the, the the um let me this is though this is the point this is the most important point if you go in to read into the uh, the writings uh the, some of the comic books and some of the book other books that they've been put out, the the pain uh, that he went through that uh, that the, apparently the emperor left in there, so that he could constantly be angry between his legs, not being able to digest food properly, uh, 
his bow having all his appendages and he left uh, some of the, the burns, the emperor left some of the burns so that he would be in constant pain to make sure he was always on top of his game. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a, it, it, it is, it is, it is brutal. And he reminds me a lot of, um, uh, of people who are just so controlling and when they can't, they, if they have that failure to control, they just, they lose their minds. And that's kind of what mm-hmm. happened to him. You, 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 he never was able to learn how to just, Hey man, sir, stuff happens. Right, right, <laughs> he, right. Thing, he, he, was a- he, he, he couldn't process that part of the game, you know. In his mind, he always thought, hey, Jedi Knights are good. Everybody else is evil. I, I am on the right side of the law. This mm-hmm. is it. There was no middle ground. And uh, oh, so, so this is the other point. I'm sorry if I'm t- rambling. No, but no. When, when Obi Wan then asks him, to spy on his friend, he's like, what? <laughs> right. right. Um, Be- betray one of the people who's always been decent to me and all this other stuff. And, the, me and, and the Jedi Code. So it was It was like, oh. So this just don't mean my whole life is a lie. <laughs> right. in his, so when he then tells the Jedi are evil, he means that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Because he, he feels as though he's done... His whole life has been kind of a sham. Yeah. Because it's like, you said, we just fought this whole war, but we're supposed to be upholders of, of truth and justice. And you want me to go basically murder my friend who's been nothing but kind to me since I got here. Right, <sighs> right, right. He was, he was, it, man, Palpatine is a genius. <laughs> he is. And speaking of, speaking of terrible scenes, now I will admit, that when he's like, in my opinion, the Jedi are evil. That's a terrible line. That was terrible. That was bad. Acting. It was delivered terribly. Um, the line itself was dope. No, no, the line was great. The the, the acting was yeah, terrible. It was, bad. I mean, it was bad. Yeah, but that whole that that whole lightsaber battle between him and uh, Obi Wan. Um, again, we it, it that was amazing. Goes to the music and the tie in and and how it's shot. That's. That's one of the ones I remember watching and, uh, you know, not getting emotional, but I remember, you know, there being like a little lump in my throat because I'm just kind of, you know, you're you're seeing them give it their all. And and you see how, you know, through the movies, you do you do see in the beginning how they're friends Mm -hmm. and um, the relationship that they have. And now you're seeing it play out and how they fight and how just how similar, like how close they are, that they're similar and have the same uh, moves when they're fighting each other and, and you're seeing all of that coming down and imploding and you know what the stakes are and you know it's to me you know that's that tension and the conclusion to the the, the trilogy sure um on screen in, in those minutes and the fight between yoda and palpatine is pretty is cool and um it's a good one too but the one that takes the cake for me as far as being like a weighty emotional scene with a lot of depth is the one when him and Ob- when uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are, or rather Darth Vader and, A- and Obi-Wan are fighting. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's exactly as you said it, meaning the, con- the conclusion of it. Like, we've watched this uh, relationship from, you know, when, when Anakin was still, um, <laughs> you know, a slave, him and his mom. And mm. to get from that point to where we now are and then knowing what Anakin ultimately becomes 
you know, to see you make a really good point about the similarities in uh, he and Obi-Wan and the, the closeness that's there. That's your tension. Right. Because and that's where I think the emotions come from uh, for those who, who might have felt it, because all of this effort, all of this passion each side, you know, feeling in their heart of hearts that they're right and they're they're standing on the moral high ground, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, pun pun was definitely. <laughs> um, it's all for nothing. It's all for nothing. At the end of the day, he's going. You know, he's Vader, and he's going off to do all of these terrible things. So it's it's kind of a it's kind of a, almost a letdown. It's like, dang, if something breaks, you know, differently one one way or the other, if um, if Obi-Wan doesn't ask for this, this spying to happen, if if Anakin doesn't lose faith in what the Jedi were doing or finds a different way of mm-hmm. expressing it or he's like, look, y'all messed up, you know, we, we're not following the code or you know, I was lied to and he sets about trying to go to change the order as opposed to going against it, then maybe you end up with something different. I guess that that fight gives you that moment where what if, except what, what if we, we know said, what it is. What, what if he just simply says when 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 his when Padme comes and says, I'm pregnant, I renounce the Jedi order. And I'm gonna go right. live with my family. <laughs> I renounce my throne. I, I, I renounce it. I renounce it. I renounce it. I I'm gonna live happily on Naboo, away from sand, in the countryside, right. and mm-hmm. with my kids. And I will teach them the, the ways of the Force in which I so feel I can by myself, away from everything. Everything happens, but then we get. To the point, I think was we, the will of the force, the will of of the force required balance, and right. what 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 happened really what happened when you're looking at it, the Jedi were punished for their lack of balance, and and and, right. and they were and they, they were arrogant too, arrogant, and you know. They they got eradicated, but then the force gave you know Padme twins. So balance, <laughs> balance. balance. <laughs> yeah, two them uh, for real. That's, that's, that, two two babies to all the Jedi that was lost. It that's was balance. balance. The two Sith. <laughs> Fair I, enough. And in 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 shout out to uh, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher was really supposed to be the lead in this sequel trilogy. Yes, she was, and she was supposed mm-hmm. to be a Jedi Master as well. So there, there, so yeah, I read, so I read that. about that, and that makes a lot of sense in a lot of some of the decisions that were made. Um, it doesn't still justify her flying through space, but continue. <laughs> we ain't we ain't there yet. I, we ain't there I, yet. I was. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not touching um, that shamble of a movie that is a. Of that is a, a more of a Marvel movie than a Star Wars movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not touching that. You you don't even want my thoughts on that one. That that's mm-hmm. oh because if I see Ryan Johnson, it's on. I'm talking about on site. <laughs> on site. <laughs> on, we we got to have some moving, com- huh? We we got to have some conversations. 
Cause, yeah. cause that made I'm for that that was my fa- my father. It, it was so disrespectful to people who who waited so many years. I'm not even gonna get into that. Uh, but no, not tonight. At yeah, least. yeah, that's I, its own I, episode. I, I, yeah, I'm gonna have some conversations off 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 air. But the, but yeah, that uh, at the end of the day, Carrie was supposed she was supposed to that that whole plot line was supposed to be more well explored. So in the end, balance was was taking place when you get the twins against the two Sith at the end of the film. That's balance. If we're being technical. Fair enough. Fair enough. Kind of even I, I kind of like I, of, no, that's look at look at the, the third film ends with the two with the twins going um, mm-hmm. In fact, so the, the, I guess if we're going to go by twos, two the two twins going to their respective two planets, right? With the two Sith looking at the first, um, the first uh, Death, Death Star. Star, while right. in the final shot is um, Luke going, Luke looking at his first uh, two two moon sunset. Mm-hmm. So that that was what was supposed to be achieved, and if you look at the entire the entire the first six films, that is actually what happened. Um, but of course, once again, we don't know what is going on with the sequel trilogy. No, we know it's going to be over soon, and that is thankfully, and, and that is very very unsettling. Yeah. Well, oh, there's some unsettling things about it. I think it kind of needed to come to a conclusion. Um, but we are we are definitely, definitely, definitely getting off track here. And these are all I excellent know, points, and monster. I think we need to make them just on the proper episode. I guess technically we should be talking about um, Han Solo. Well, no, 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 that's not happened yet. So never mind. Screw that. Plus, I haven't seen it, and I'm not going to watch it. Um, Ooh, I, th- I think you. I think you should. I th- really? I I've tr- I tried once. I I pulled it up on Netflix and I was like, nah, I, I, don't I watch definitely this. I think that is definitely worth the watch. That it- well, I know I I watched the scene with Darth Maul in it, and that's about it. <laughs> Spoilers. That's <laughs> nobody. Nobody. <laughs> no one saw that movie, Cal. Like only I, ten I people would- saw Han Solo. Oof. I'm talking about Disney. So you Disney. and nine other people saw it. <laughs> I'm talking about if Disney wasn't listening, they sure was listening after Solo came. <laughs> they, were, oh, oh, they were like, oh, so y'all really didn't like this movie. Okay. All right. <laughs> was, I, I'm talking about that movie theater was so empty. And, and I'm, talk, I'm talking about, I was like, I'm like, this is a Star Wars movie. And there's no, it's like me and Kristen. It was, there's <laughs> nobody here. <laughs> This movie, I'm sorry. This, the second week, I went to go see this movie. The second week, the movie Dang. they put they pushed this movie in the back, like, like, <laughs> like, like. The, it was in the smaller theater. In the, in the mini. It theater. was in the smaller theater. I was like, woo. When have you ever heard of something like that? I was like, yeah. man, I'm trying to tip. That was that was you talk about the Force Awakening. That was it. <laughs> 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 now, <laughs> now I know um, I can't remember somebody mentioned on something about uh, something being unsettling but we didn't I mean we talked about a little bit earlier just about 
the things that Anakin did uh, on his on his way to become um, Darth Vader. But there are some scenes in in Episode Three that you know really makes you look at the when you're looking at the you know one through six. Like, I'm sorry, him just him throwing Palpatine over the edge does not bring him full redemption. Like, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker did a lot of bad stuff. Killed some babies, I man. Think that, I mean, that's... Yeah. That alone, it makes you that pretty close really irredeemable. Deep. Yeah, it's, and it's really, you know, it's really uh, upsetting to watch, you know, because you watch... you. You come in and you know what happened. Like the Jedi are, you know, they're in war. A lot of the masters aren't there. Right. They have the younglings, and the younglings are probably scared and don't really know what's going on. They're processing it, Oof. and then they see somebody who they know and trust and probably look up to because Anakin is a big wartime hero. Right. That was hurtful. That was hurtful. That was that. that yeah. That, that was something that could have been left out, and I'd been perfectly happy with for my. I, for my right. That, that would. Ooh, good, good. But I. I I get why they did it. Like exactly. to me, when when the kid says Master Skywalker, that's when it's like, Ooh, yeah, that's I'm, when it hits I'm, you. I'm, in the and it's unforgettable. Like that's un, yes. that's no. unforgettable. But when when you just said that, like it's like okay, I hear that little boy's voice, like mm-hmm. because these are the same kids that you saw in Attack of the Clones. That Yoda was had all that you know that that that, that cheer, mm-hmm. that cheer and 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 love in his eyes, but like what. Well, Truly beautiful, the mind, you know, the the mind of a child, mm-hmm. like, the mind of and, then, right. and then ne- and then directly the next film, it's just like, oh man, like, and, and these are kids mm-hmm. that are, you know, were taken from their homes from, as children. These are the only. This is the right. family. This is this, this the only is the, family they got. This is their only family, and so like you just said, they they see some mm-hmm. a face that they trust, and they're like, oh, it's dude, gonna I'm, be all oh, right. But yeah, I'm Except man. It is. That they that that for me still is the roughest of the rough part of the of the of that story. Yeah, but I, it was necessary for us to truly understand how far gone Anakin has gotten. Like, there's nothing that he's done that's as bad as that. Maybe the volume, but nothing. Just like a single act, nothing was as as despicable as that. Man, yeah. which which was amazing. Which how how his son was able to lift that from him, and that's what made. Yeah. I mean, and I think that to me should be a testament to to the strength of Luke, to 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 insta find out who his father was and to sit and kind of think and say, you know what, I can take you away from this pain, and that is, that's like, yeah. There, there's there's yeah. death in Star Wars. <laughs> oh, it gets dark. I mean, from from. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we ain't through. We we're a third of the way through here, and yeah, I, I look for <laughs> more to I come. I look forward to listening to your thoughts on on on, on that on, on Empire and and definitely uh, Return of the Jedi because those those scenes uh, with the Emperor are really really good, and um, they also and they and the prequels enhance those scenes. Um, they, mm-hmm. they enhance mm-hmm. though the, the the you know the, the cunning of the Emperor uh, because. Even, even still, the rest of the universe does not know he's a Sith. Uh, uh, Correct. And that is part of his. That is part of his cunning, and so the prequels enhance and give depth to a lot of that because when, you, like I said, once you see Alec Guinness's performance in Star Wars, you realize all my friends are dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, 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 
and not all of them are force ghosts. Right, so I can't because talk to them. the the guy <laughs> that you called a psycho and didn't want on the Jedi Council figured it out. <laughs> an old an old friend. <laughs> you'd be a, another. You know another. You, you'd be on the council if you listened too. Qui Gon's like, I don't need to be on the council because I'm listening. I'm listening it. to the Force, so I'm going to be immortal. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, jokes on jokes you, on you. Um, <laughs> the um the scene too where they execute order 66 yeah that's yeah that's, that's another tough. rough one you know it's fun it, it it's really tough too like when you watch the clone wars and you see how close some of the jedi are with their commanders yeah um like commander cody and, and obi-wan were super tight Captain, well, Captain Rex was on, was, um, with Anakin anyway, but, um, you know, you get to see the relationships, you get to see some of these characters, and then you see them turn on the Jedi, and you're just, you're like, you know, you're, pro- you gotta process that, and you gotta. Valuable lesson for everybody is all. Trust no one. <laughs> That's what George Lucas is That's all what about. about. I think George, I have teaching the babies. Yeah, he's like, hey, don't trust no one. Um, you know, not your master, not your brother, you know, not some old dude who speaks in riddles, <laughs> nobody. Um, but yeah, that's another scene that's like, cause the one that kills me is, uh, the Twi'lek again, when she gets killed. Cause they, <laughs> it's not funny, but she's like walking through the forest <laughs> again, beautiful scenery, you know, really unique fluorescent planet that she's on. She's walking through the forest and these dudes shoot her to death in her back. And then when she's going down, I think they're still shooting her, like, when she's dead. It's like... <laughs> she caught I mean, it like she... Ricky caught it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and Felucia is such a beautiful planet. And you get smacked mm-hmm. like that. And uh, Master, Master Plow hit me. Uh, he was in his mm-hmm. starfighter. He's, he's like... Um, and, they you know, they riding it. You know, they out here killing, you know, getting these droids and you know your your wing your little your wingmate mm-hmm. kill you like uh a master um i can never pronounce his name cat master kai come Ka- Ka- oh, or whatever they, yeah. they were on yes thank you they were going across the bridge and he turns around and he could sense mm-hmm. it in the forest and once again oh, john williams yeah. score it it, it 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 gets you um I think you guys could have a whole episode of your show about Star Wars and music and how if you don't have these sounds and the music in Star Wars, you can't have Star it Wars. It changes it dramatically. The, the music it, mm-hmm. the the music is it's operatic. Yes. It's it's and he he showed out and he showed out in, in one, two and three. Uh, mm-hmm. just beautiful just beautiful music uh, because you, you definitely feel like um, um, uh, the, the ending of The Godfather where he's killing with the, the killing of the five families mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that's a good comparison you know, it, it feels like one yeah. of those it, it feels like it feels right. like one of those moments uh, just that oh wow we're seeing something that you you are, you are going to remember right. we're seeing the death of the Jedi Order and, and no pun intended but you know that's that's what we're seeing is the 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 uh, destruction and the 
uh, taking a part of the, you know, this organization that goes back millennia. Right. Um, and we knew it was kind of coming, but we, we didn't really know how it was going to happen. Um, yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, it was their, their allies, quote unquote, um, that, that did it, at least for the majority of them, um, another is, is, it's sad. And, you know, to think too, that in between the end of Revenge of the, uh, yeah, Revenge of the Sith and, um, episode four, A New Hope, this dude, Darth Vader, has just been hunting down whatever Jedi are left. Right. Right. And, and killing them. Yeah, it just, again, comes full circle that uh, Anakin or Darth Vader, again, not a good guy. Again, I don't really think his storyline, he was he redeemed himself. Yes, you know, personal opinion, I might as I do more research on it, I, maybe that would change as I, as I rewatch some of the movies and some scenes might change. I don't know. But, you know, I think the, the prequels really did. They were successful in showing, you know, like the, the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker um, and the complete. I mean, because we saw him as, you know, this innocent, cute little kid. And now he's going out as a child murderer, <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, that's just, pretty much just, it. That's just not yeah. how I would have phrased it, but that's literally what it is. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and also the 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 rise of a slave mm-hmm. to being, mm-hmm. pre- the, you know, to having such an impact on the galaxy like this, like right, you know, to being a slave to being a different type of slave, but also being a lord. Like, he's Lord mm-hmm, Vader, right. you know? Like, he has a, a castle, but he's also a slave to, to hatred and pain. And 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 he and that's everything he didn't want to be. So it, like, once again, I mean, it's it's a lot of, um, uh, a, a, a lot of deeper meaning in, into, into Star Wars, which makes it beautiful and, and appealing to so many. Uh, um, from so many people and why we can find uh, see ourselves in uh, Ahsoka uh, a Yoda, Obi-Wan um, and, and all these other different characters that, they, that, that, that they've given us Absolutely. as you guys can tell this is a really really big topic um, for us to take on and to discuss and you know we like to bring different opinions to the discussion and fortunately we have Meg and Jen from the Indoors Women podcast sharing their opinion on Star Wars with us particularly the prequels so listen to this check out their podcast it's a bi-weekly podcast that's released it's available on all your streaming platforms and um you know if you're listening to our podcast you should be listening to indoors women because they discuss similar topics to us you know i really enjoy the show i highly endorse indoors women and i like i said you listen to us you should be listening to them hi i'm meg and i'm jen and together we're the indoors women the Endorsement Podcast is a pop culture podcast with a positive spin. We chat about movies, books, TV shows, comics, and other media we love. Plus, we dissect popular tropes and play silly games. So pretty much we're a kindred podcast to views from the back of the class. And thank you so much, Josh and JB, for inviting us to share our thoughts about the Star Wars prequel.
So speaking of positive spins, um, we're totally <laughs> going to be positive about the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, we decided to pick the prequels because we have thoughts, and this is maybe a time where we get to stretch our more critical slash negative muscles. <laughs> my negative muscles are so much smaller than my positive <laughs> muscles. They don't get a good podcast workout, usually. <laughs> So, yeah, obviously it's really easy to be down on the prequels because, let's be real, they are not a great set of movies. The writing's pretty atrocious. There's poorly directed acting, forgettable personality bereft characters with no chemistry, bloated CGI that doesn't really age very well, ponderous storylines, trade federation, anyone? Endless debating. (laughs) Yes. So exciting. You kind of lose any sense of adventure or wonder in the prequels. And there's a lot of dissection of the lore that no one really asked for or wanted. Like midichlorians. (laughs) Midichlorians. Yeah, honestly, we have the kind of idea that Star Wars world building is more interesting than Star Wars plot, which is more interesting than Star Wars character development, which is kind of true throughout the entire series. But the fact that the world exists, it doesn't mean we have to talk about inane aspects of it in the Mm -hmm. movies. It can all just exist in the background, the tip of the iceberg kind of thing. You know, we don't need to be talking about midichlorians. We don't need to explain the force. It can just be the force. And if it needs to be explained elsewhere, somewhere outside of the cinematic universe, then it can be. But taking that subtext and making it text ended up making it just really dull. Definitely. And I think it really shows throughout the whole prequel trilogy that George Lucas had surrounded himself with yes men, essentially. There was no one there Mm -hmm. to challenge him creatively, whereas the original trilogy, he didn't direct and write everything. He was part of a team. And even though he did create this wonderful world, which, as you said, is perhaps the strongest aspect of Star Wars, he maybe needed to be told no a few times during The Phantom Menace or any of these movies. It's really interesting thinking about challenging George Lucas because I feel like when Star Wars came out, he was challenged every step of the way just because it seemed like an impossible undertaking. And his first sort of draft of the movie, when they showed it to all his director friends, they thought it was terrible. And they told him so. And they told him ways to fix it. And he had actors with really strong wills. So he would do things like try to make them say really cheeseball lines. And people like Harrison Ford would be like, oh no, Han Solo wouldn't say that and would totally challenge the way his character dialogue was coming across. And so I feel like the exact inverse happened with the prequel movies that he just had, you know, essentially cardboard cutout characters that he was able to just manipulate an action figure around on the screen and no one was really (laughs) challenging anything he was doing because he's the great George Lucas, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it ended up being a lot less interesting. The casting of episodes four, five, and six... I think is really essential to its success. The quality of acting and the level of chemistry just elevated some like stilted dialogue and some kind of wooden plots and cliched elements that are sprinkled in with iconic moments. And I really think that the fact that although there are plenty of really talented actors in the prequels, 
their chemistry just wasn't there. There wasn't that Han and Leia chemistry ever. And you can't just make that happen by taking two pretty people and mushing their faces together. Yeah, no matter how good at acting someone is, there does have to be that extra special spark between them. And I would say specifically that it seemed to be poorly directed or guided acting more so than just straight up bad acting. Maybe not in every Mm -hmm. single case. Jake Lloyd was a touch and go, but you know, he's (laughs) a little kid, so whatever. But we know that Natalie Portman is an excellent actress. She's all right. <laughs> we know that Ewan McGregor is an excellent actor, or at least I think he is. I think that mm-hmm. Hayden Christensen is not as bad as he appears in the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's all mixed together. It just didn't quite work. And I think it really could have, which is a shame. If we look at The Phantom Menace, one of its problems is that it either has too many protagonists or no protagonist. Because you look at this movie and you ask, who really is the protagonist? Is it Qui-Gon Jinn? Is it Obi-Wan? Is it Anakin? I would say it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be Anakin, but in reality, it doesn't really get executed in that way. And if you were just to refocus a little bit and maybe make Obi-Wan the protagonist, I think that might have made a lot more sense in certain ways. He was certainly more charming of a character in a lot of ways. And also, well, I think it was another example of just Lucas's poor writing. You can tell this wasn't written by a woman because there's no way Natalie Portman would have fallen in love with a child when Ewan McGregor is standing right there. (laughs) I know, right? Come on. Yeah. He was definitely the right choice. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I mean, we all knew where it was going and where it had to go because we've seen the next three movies. But yeah, and McGregor is much more interesting and hot and charming, despite the sort of stilted lines he's delivering. Yeah, that's another problem with the prequels is that we know where everything ends up. And it seems like a lot of the plot points are done in service of reaching the end that we already know happens. So things that characters do or plot points that happen don't always 100% make logical sense within the context of the prequels. They're just sort of done in service of what the ultimate end is. So it can be a little frustrating to be like, well, we know Anakin has to join the dark (laughs) side, so he's on the dark side now. We got a shoehorn in the plot as unnatural as it feels at the moment and as weird as that whole fight scene between Obi-Wan goes down (laughs) but he had the high ground (laughs) oh yeah so he won it doesn't matter that you know Anakin was like in a ditch (laughs) on fire it was the fact that he was like up a little slope that (laughs) ensured victory I do have to say that that is one positive of the prequels is the meme culture and the memes that have sprung from it because the high ground is pretty great (laughs) exactly I also remember this being one of the first things where I went to the internet to see what other people were saying about these movies because I remember going to see Phantom Menace and having a lot of fun and just deeply, deeply anticipating that this movie was coming out Mm -hmm. for, you know, a really long time and going to a midnight show and being part of the midnight show culture, which I feel like it also spawned. Mm -hmm. 
and going and seeing what people were posting on message boards for maybe the first time and seeing what other people thought about this movie. And I also think these movies went through something kind of the same process as the Twilight books and movies, where it became the norm to dislike them. And it was an exception in the cultural zeitgeist to find something positive about it. Whereas, you know, it's more Star Wars stories and told in interesting ways. And I think that that's interesting and definitely worth watching. I couldn't agree more. The Phantom Menace has a soft spot in my heart because it was a movie I really looked forward to. I remember watching the trailer endlessly online. It was also Mm -hmm. one of the first movies where an online trailer was available for me anyway to watch and enjoy an experience over and over instead of just having to go to the theater to watch the trailer. Also saw a midnight show, and I had a very similar experience. I really liked this movie before I knew that I was not supposed to, <laughs> before <laughs> all of media and all of the internet told me this was a bad movie this and you should hate it. You should hate Jar Jar Banks, and he wasn't funny at all. Yeah, so it represented yeah. a lot of fandom firsts for me as well. I became pretty involved in some message boards, more so than I had been for other fandoms in the past. And it also introduced me to Slash fan fiction. I was like, Slash, what does that mean? Is that like a slasher film? No, no, it's not is (laughs) the answer. (laughs) Not quite the same idea. So yeah, after I kind of made my initial list of sort of the essential truths about Star Wars that the prequel movies brings out, most of the things I talked about already... But I just thought along the same lines, I thought it was actually really funny and entertaining. I thought telling more Star Wars stories is great. And the anticipation and doing something different at the movies. I think I saw all of the prequel movies as midnight shows. And I feel like that midnight show culture ended up being such a big part of my college experience Mm -hmm. that I really enjoyed. Now I feel like I'm like, oh, midnight show. (laughs) Yeah. Stay away from that. Please (laughs) no. That's crazy talk. But um, now I'm like, oh, yeah, it comes out at like 4 p.m. the day before. That's when I really want to (laughs) go. Yeah. Adult me likes that much more. (laughs) But it was so fun. And, you know, when I was 20, I could stay up that late. (laughs) Another big positive takeaway from the prequels for me is simply the duel of the fates lightsaber duel. I think that not only is it a great part of the Phantom Menace and the prequel trilogy, but actually the entire franchise. I think that it's a really iconic lightsaber battle. It was kind of the first time where it looked like a real fight instead of people posturing and staring each other down and occasionally jabbing at each other every few minutes. (laughs) We did get a bit more of a fight in Return of the Jedi, but this felt like a real fight. I think that since then we have had much better lightsaber battles in episodes 7 and 8, particularly with Kylo Ren and Rey and in the throne room. Those felt very Mm -hmm. raw and visceral and real, whereas Duel of the Fates seems a bit over-choreographed or rehearsed at times. So many battles. Yeah. (laughs) So many lightsabers. (laughs) Exactly. But I really love that scene. It really stuck with me. And I honestly think that it's a great part of the entirety of the Star Wars universe. I will go on record as being a huge Star Wars fan who's not that into lightsaber battles, but I definitely notice an improvement in how interesting the battle was in the prequel movies and then definitely even more in the subsequent movies that come out in the last couple years. So I definitely enjoy lightsaber battles more and more over time. 
And I just love the song during that part with the full orchestra and choir. It's very dramatic. I remember one of my biggest anticipatory things for Phantom Menace was that I bought the soundtrack as soon as it came out. And of course, in true Star Wars fashion, there are huge spoilers in the song (laughs) titles. So I was spoiled on some really important plot points just based on the song titles. But I remember just loving the music and having that add so much to my anticipation. It was like kind of a way of sating that Star Wars lust or whatever. Like I really wanted Star Wars to come out. And so I listened to the soundtrack over and over and over. Great music, and I think we can all agree, great costuming. There's really nothing bad to be said about the wardrobe choices for the prequel movies. Especially, you know, Queen Amidala's wardrobe is super interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we're going to have to wrap it up here. We could talk about Star Wars forever. So if you want to hear more of our thoughts and our thoughts in general about pop culture, please check us out. We are the Indoors Women podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcatcher or head to indoorswomen.com. Thanks again for having us. Bye-bye. Once again, thank you, Meg and Jen, for this. We really, really appreciate it. I was really excited to hear what you guys had to say. I didn't listen to the audio prior to our conversation because I, I didn't want to be biased. You know, I enjoyed it. I hope you, our listeners did too. And I think that is as good a place as any to end this particular episode. Kyle, we want to thank you for checking in with us. Thank you, guys. We'll definitely be coming back to you at a later date because we got we got some more things to discuss all things star wars related until next time i am jb and for josh class dismissed